to business and i'm your host shalom klein remember you can always download podcasts from get down to business on my website at shalomklein.com and while you're there don't forget to follow me on twitter at shalom klein it's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information that you won't want to miss it's a live show you can call us at 312-642-5600 312-642-5600 and this week we've got a great lineup of guests i've got karen kaplan with me here in studio as well as andy jansen i'll be sharing some tips on government contracting Get Down to Business is powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them at tandemhr.com or give them a call at 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510, or visit tandemhr.com. So joined here, as I mentioned, in studio by Karen Kaplan, who was raised in West Rogers Park, uh, and uh, now uh, her claim to fame is uh, uh, Karen speaks and has uh, written a book on an interesting topic relating to your family and relating to some experiences that your family had, but I don't want to steal the thunder from you. Karen, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me here today. Of course. So uh, tell us a a little bit about how you were uh, inspired to write the book that you wrote, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it uh, as we go along. Um, My book is called Descendants of Rygrud, Learning to Forgive, and it has a powerful message of forgiveness. Uh, before my father, um, while my father, was, his health was declining, I uh, started to think a lot about his life, his history, and so on. And I started to look in records of his past. And I was working with a therapist also at that time who suggested that I learn to forgive my father. She saw something inside of me that I never uh, really saw, which was that I was carrying a lot of anger toward him. And... Um, I, I was raised in an abusive household, and I didn't realize I was holding all these toxic emotions and very resentful and bitter. Um, just as my father was, who was a um, Holocaust survivor, he had carried all these negative emotions uh, with him um, for over 70 years. And this therapist that I was working with said, Karen, you need to forgive your father. So I started really... Um, trying to understand this whole concept of forgiveness. And eventually I understood what the word meant and went through an emotional process and uh, was able to write a eulogy for my father. And my book then revolves around this eulogy. So your father, uh, his name is Ari Kaplan. And uh, one of the lessons that I learned in the brief time that I was able to, uh, to browse through your book, and it really is a fantastic read, And, uh, of course, we'll make sure that our listeners have an opportunity to find it online and to purchase the book, is not only the message of forgiveness, but also about determination, Uh, both your father's determination and courage and his story of survival, um, but also your uh, determination, your determination to forgive. And I think that anybody who has met you, even for just a few minutes, uh, feels that determination and your mission, your you're an overachiever. You're not just forgiving, but you're determined to tell people about that message. And I think that that, that lesson of determination is something that uh, people in business, entrepreneurs, certainly can relate to well. So uh, you live here in Highland Park. You live in the neighborhood. And tell us about your family. So I, uh, well, I lived in West Rogers Park, then married right uh, after college and moved to Deerfield for about 22 years where I raised my children until 
one horrible, unimaginable experience that happened to me in Deerfield. I had a home invasion, and that forced me to then move to Deer, um, from Deerfield to Highland Park. So I newly married a year and a half ago. Life is great. I have three kids. They're all doing great. My youngest is graduating college this year. So you're involved in some interesting uh, speaking engagements. You you were actually uh, you were telling me earlier about some of your international travels, and I see uh, through your website that you're involved. As your website calls it, a project, a cemetery project, which I find fascinating. And I think our listeners will as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the uh, some of the uh, the the speaking engagements that you've been involved in. So after I completed my memoir, I went back to Poland, to Rygrod, Poland, my father's town where he was where he was born, and I met with the mayor and I met with the city council and the town historian. Um, when I went there, um, we had originally we had erected this beautiful monument. Um, we had a hired a sculptor in Israel. They shipped the monument. Um, to Gdansk and then brought it to Rygrod. And it was a beautiful monument at the uh, outskirts of the town of Rygrod that tells a little bit about the Jewish cemetery there, which was it's now abandoned with an overgrowth of trees. And um, we erected this monument September 2014, but just a few months afterwards, uh, it was desecrated. And... Um, I came to back to Rygrod, Poland, and uh, like six months later, and met with the mayor. And as of today, it's now fixed. The um, there's cameras set up, and they were very helpful in trying to repair the monument. Um, so I've been to Poland several times. I spoke at the Warsaw JCC and shared stories of my memoir and my message of forgiveness. Uh, this summer, I'm invited to Germany. Uh, there's a Physicians Conference in Munster titled uh, Refugees, Trauma, Reconciliation, and uh, they have asked me to come and speak and share my story. What is the reaction um, from audiences, uh, both uh, domestically here in the U.S. as well as internationally, certainly in places like Poland and Germany, where there's so much history there uh, with, the, uh, with the Jewish community, with, uh, with the Holocaust, with Nazi Germany? Uh, what what sort of reaction do you receive? So this is just m- my opinion is that here in America, when I speak, um, audiences that are not Jewish are very welcoming to my concept of forgiveness. And many of the Jewish audiences, they do embrace this idea, but many of them will absolutely say, we agree with you, Karen, to a point uh, forgiveness may mean letting go, but we are not going to forgive those that murdered our families, those perpetrators of the Holocaust. In Europe, it's different. People people living in Europe are living across cemeteries, concentration camps. They see World War II and the effects of World War II. They live with it day in and day out. And so for them, it's more of an urgent um, subject for them to talk about because they they see the effects of what has happened. They live on the lands. When I went to Treblinka this past uh, May, uh, the lands around Treblinka are called Devil's Lands. It, the re, the property there is very very uh, low. No one wants to live live there or buy any land. The poles don't want to live there. There's this heaviness and this weight of of World War Two, and they are 
I believe they're more apt to learning to forgive and moving through this. So you talk about what, uh, how you've learned to forgive your father, and you are sharing that message with audiences, again, around the globe. But tell me, uh, Karen, what lesson have you learned from your father? My father was the greatest teacher in my life. Because of him, I was able to learn to forgive. And he taught me to open up my heart and have compassion. And I've... I've finally, on the day that my father passed, I had finally come to opening up my heart and having compassion um, for him. And that is when I told my father on his deathbed that um, I forgive him. And uh, because of that, I've been able to explore other relationships in my life and deal with other um, issues, whether it's with the family or friends, or even if it's in the workforce, we all need to forgive. We all deal with people. We all have our behaviors. Our um, it, We just need to learn to understand how our behaviors during childhood will affect our relationships, whether at, you know, our family or at work. And it sure. is... We're very grateful for my father. Well, Karen, we're running out of time. You have a, uh, a, a fascinating story and an even more fascinating message, a message that I encourage our listeners to uh, to check out, find out more about uh, through your website. Again, it's a, uh, to be honest, it's a controversial message. And uh, you said that uh, from the second that I met you, it's a controversial message, but an impactful and powerful message. And I hope our listeners will take a moment to uh, reach out to you, get to know you a little bit better, uh, find out where you'll be speaking, and certainly purchase a copy of your book. So, Karen, we're running out of time. How can people get a hold of you? You can go to my website, www.karenlkaplan.com, and take a look and see my book, articles, where I'm speaking, and so on. That's great. Uh, KarenLKaplan.com is the website where you can uh, contact Karen Kaplan, uh, learn more about her book, learn more about her cemetery project, learn more about that impactful, powerful, dynamic message of forgiveness. Get Down to Business is brought to you in part by Everwealth Solutions, a registered investment advisor and financial planning firm, a fiduciary advisor that that helps you create your personal financial wealth. You can find them at EverwealthSolutions.com or call 708-771-7777. Don't touch that dial. We've got a lot more for you after the break. Down to Business, the show that's all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And what a great conversation with Karen Kaplan. But joined here in studio uh, by Andy Jansen, who's uh, here telling me about Hard Hat Hub, uh, which is an interesting mix of experts from construction, architecture, real estate, and engineering with tech startup leaders and cutting-edge developers. Andy, welcome to the program. Shalom. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. You've educated yourself quite well. I try. I try to familiarize myself quickly. But that is an interesting dynamic and interesting mix. And I'm fascinated by the story of how you started Hardhead Hub. And we'll talk a little bit about what Hardhead Hub Hub actually is. But how did you come up with this concept? Well, I spent about 10 years in the engineering construction industry uh, prior to starting the business. We've uh, been doing it for about two years, uh, started at the end of uh, 2013. And uh, the, my role in, in the industry was hiring for a general contractor and consulting engineering firm and was faced with challenges every day of trying to identify and, and hire the right types of talent for our business. So 
um, the the options that existed, as you know, anybody listening may know, when you're going out to to find somebody uh, as an employee, uh, are you know getting uh, referrals from your business and people that you know and trust, uh, which is obviously the most preferable way to do it. But the the traditional methods outside of that are utilizing job boards like Indeed or Monster or Career Builder or working with recruiters. And neither one of those were really um, an efficient way to, uh, an, an effective way to hire people. So that so was kind of the impetus for building the business. So, and you're, you're a matchmaker. I, uh, well, a little bit. We usually don't lead with we're match.com or eHarmony, but uh, I some went people there. get there. I went there. You There's did. no taking you it did. back. And <laughs> uh, I'll just say, because I'm looking straight at producer George um, right now, and uh, producer George does uh, some odd things in his spare time and uh he knows that uh some of the personalities in the in the uh respected professions that you mentioned aren't always the easiest people they the, to, to to work with <laughs> i like that there we go uh <laughs> i couldn't resist that one but uh I, I i in all sincerity i think it's absolutely fantastic to bring together uh the types of people that uh that you're talking about so is there an algorithm involved where's the technology piece come in there is absolutely um it, it just as you said the the whole idea was really the, the the brains behind the technology are to not allow for every single person who's interested in a position to apply for it. Um, what we do is we capture profiles of people that work in the industry, and everything about our site um, speaks to people that work in construction. And so if you're a pizza delivery driver or if you're a nurse or if you're somebody who really doesn't know anything about construction, we sort of automatically have people self-selecting out. And after they've then created a profile that's very specific to who they are, what they've done, the types of projects they've worked on, and the things that are important to them and that they need in a career, we then ask some similar questions to the employers mm -hmm. And let the relevance uh, algorithm do its magic and uh, come up with the right types of folks. That so let's break this down. I want to talk about the job seekers first. For job seekers, what's the cost? This has got to be very expensive. Totally, totally free. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we would uh, we would not want any members of our community paying so that we can help educate them about the industry. The the reality is is that the construction industry is facing a shortage of labor, and you've got more and more people retiring, and so. Building Hard Hat Hub was really meant to introduce efficiencies into the hiring process. We have to get more efficient, and so we can't uh, put any barriers in front of the job seekers and you know, for them to uh, feel comfortable joining the platform. We're chatting with Andy Jansen of Hard Hat Hub, um, and it's a free profile for job seekers um, in the relevant industries, which is uh, fantastic and really cool. And I'm seeing a term thrown around on your website quite a bit. It says free and anonymous. Explain the anonymous piece of this. Sure. Um, again, we're um, what we're trying to do is to empower the workforce and to help educate them and, and to help them understand where opportunities in the industry exist and whether that's with their existing employer and we can help them understand the certifications or skills or um, you know training that they can acquire to make themselves more marketable. We do that. But we also know that people aren't always comfortable with having their information out there in the world. And if you think of a platform like LinkedIn, that's a big social network uh, or business network, you know, not everybody's there looking for work necessarily. And so 
Yeah, what we really wanted to be intentional about was to make sure that if people wanted to create profiles, that they could keep them completely anonymous. And the other thing that our technology does is it hides profiles from your current employer Mm. also. So even if you're active, you're able to set a flag and tell us who your employer is that they're unable to see that, oh, Bill is out there looking for a new job. That's pretty darn cool. Um, So tell us on the employer side uh, how how this works. Uh, What's the what's the fee to them? Sure. Um, No cost on the front end for employers to come in and create their profile. Uh, One of the things that we really wanted to do to make the the industry and to make our platform more efficient was to make it educational to the workforce so that they could understand who the employers are out there because there are hundreds of thousands of employers and very few of them are large in construction. You know, there's maybe 10% of the employers that are large, large construction companies or engineering firms that you've heard of. And so helping educate the workforce about who they are, we wanted to make that very inexpensive, too, so that people could make the right choice about the employer they might want to work for. At the point that an employer sets up a position profile and sees the candidates that match to their uh, to their position, we then go ahead and get paid when the employer clicks on a little connect button. So we give them everything about that person except for their contact information, their name, their email address, their phone number, and um, any other details on their resume that uh, would be pertinent. That's great. And so you're a relatively new company, uh, so I have to imagine you're you're in major growth mode. And by that, I want to, again, pick it apart in two different pieces. Where are the bulk of the job seekers and the employers? And then tell us, uh, tell our listeners what kind of growth you're experiencing. I see that you have some opportunities to join the team on your website, so I want to make sure that those opportunities are shared as well. Sure, great. Um, the 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 two um, to really frame it up for employers that uh, are are jumping on and, and joining the platform. You know, we've launched it about three months ago, and from a growth perspective, we're seeing about fifty percent month over month growth on our recurring revenue, which is essentially where we're really looking uh, to grow the business and have the technology be as efficient as possible. And and the um, you know there's still a fair amount of service revenue in in helping employers get connected to job seekers in you know more of an old school fashion or to help them promote who they are to our community through our newsletters and, and some of the other media. So that's ultimately how we're helping those uh, employers um, and, and and how we're growing the business. At and this stage. on your website, uh, there's a statement that sort of sums up everything about Hardhead Hub. We're passionate about this industry. That sort of sums up everything that I'm seeing here in person, hearing from you. Uh, there's a story behind uh, behind the business, and uh, you're certainly determined. I've used that word a few times in the show today, but uh, determined to, uh, to, to help a lot of people and to make a lot of connections, which is cool. As part of that uh, building phase, uh, tell us a little bit of a call to action on some of the opportunities that you're or people that you're looking to meet with. Sure. Now, the... Um I think you're you're spot on with with the the passion about this industry. Uh, it's an industry that doesn't get a lot of love, to be honest. You know, it's it's not a sexy industry, and and um, the people that work in it are are you know honest, hardworking, good people. That and talent you know, is everything, and and talent, and and they're they're very very 
talented, both with their minds and their hands. You know, I mean, there's there's a, a George. A, you hear that? You've got a mind in there. <laughs> yeah, he lifts up his hands. <laughs> so we, uh, you know, we really are truly trying to make sure that that people understand and know how we can help them. And we're getting out onto the job sites, and we're shaking hands, and we're giving people coffee and, and uh, you know, cliff bars or donuts or and just kind of talking about this, their story and having them tell us about it because organic growth and, and how we help each and every individual person that we interact with is really, really important to us. And I think it's the only way to build a really great pl- platform. That's awesome. So uh, once again, we're, we're chatting with Andy Jansen of Hardhead Hub. Uh, and Andy, we are running out of time. Um, so I want to make sure our listeners can find you, although I think uh, it's pretty clear from everything we've talked about that uh, for a uh, technology uh, uh, connected industry, or, or you're bringing an industry into technology, obviously you're all over on the web, all over on social media, but how can people find you online? They can find us at hardhadhub.com. You can email me directly, ajansen at hardhadhub.com, or you can call us, 312-857-5062, and our team's there ready to help. Uh, Check out the website. Really, really cool. Great information about the industry. Great information about how technology, as I mentioned, is coming into the industry. Hardheadhub.com. After the break, I've got a lot more tips, advice, and information for you. You don't want to touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business. Com. Signature Bank, helping local businesses succeed. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show that's all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR. They are your solution center. You can find them at tandemhr.com or give them a call 630-928-0510. 630-928-0510. And on their website, tandemhr.com, they share a lot of useful information. I want to share some of those tips with you today about how to be an effective manager. Uh, later on in the program, I'm going to be sharing some tips, some networking advice for everybody out there. But for those of you that have management responsibilities, you know how challenging it is uh, day-to-day in your responsibilities to deal with your own responsibilities, and they throw responsibilities of taking care of people as well. Wow, sounds like a lot of work, but good thing for you. Uh, on TandemHR.com, there are some tips posted every single week. So I wanted to share some of the things that I've learned this uh, over the past few days. Do you let the little things get to you? If you pass someone in the office and they don't say hello Does it bother you? That sure would bother me. If someone asks you to repeat yourself because they weren't listening, do you get frustrated? Uh, I've actually had clients who admit things like this bother them all day. These same managers seem to experience a lot of stress and dissatisfaction. Unfortunately, when you experience this type of stress, uh, a bad stress hormone is released into your bloodstream, and over time it can weaken your immune system affect memory and learning. We all know that that doesn't lead to a very productive or effective workplace uh, when the manager is not uh, is not healthy. The good news is that there are some actions that you can take to reduce the smaller stressors in your life, especially in the workplace. Consider perhaps look at the stressor in a different lens. Maybe the person who did not say good morning to you, is preoccupied with a personal or work-related responsibility. It's possible that they thought that they'd already said hello to you in the morning, 
And maybe there's another plausible explanation that has nothing at all to do with you. And instead of focusing on the problem, focus on resolving the problem. Rather than spending your energy determining they're to blame for that issue or let it get the best of you, focus your attention on what you and others can do to eliminate that problem from happening again in the future. And speak positively when given the opportunity, and I realize this is probably easier said than done, when given the opportunity to uh, find something positive within the situation and more importantly than think it, but to actually say it, when speaking with a person who caused you that stress, take a deep breath and speak with a positive tone. Just the act of speaking positively has been proven to calm both ourselves and others down. And use imagery. Uh, I do this all the time. When I'm in a tough situation, I constantly think about, oh my God, I wish I was on vacation. I wish I was in a better place. But think about where you want to be in 10 years from now. What are you, where are you at and what are you doing? This will bring a positive emotion and help calm your nerves. It will also help you focus on the bigger picture and realize the smaller things that are simply leading you there. And plan for the stress in your life. Tell yourself, that today you can expect to be stressed by your staff at least three times and keep a count of when it happens. Expecting the stress to happen and knowing it's part of the job helps us remain objective and solution-focused instead of stressed and overwhelmed. Know what you will do when you get stressed. Will you take deep breaths? How many? Will you take a walk outside? How far? Plan ahead. Be prepared for the situation, and it will be easier to cope with it. And these are things that I learned from Tom Fiegel, uh, who oversees some of the coaching and the development at TandemHR. Once again, TandemHR.com. And I also want to share just one more tip for you, uh, because we are running out of time. It's about managing your manager. When sometimes um, you come across, uh, when you transition from a contributor role to a manager, one of the first things that you need to embrace is that your needs are no longer the most important. Uh, The needs of direct reports become most important, and that's why you are in a management role. To successfully manage up, that is to sell an idea or influence any upward decision, the same principle applies. The needs of the manager should first be identified, acknowledged, and supported. Consistently helping our manager make their job easier shows that you care and will be remembered later on when you need their support. So a few tips, learn to speak the language, find out what's important to them, and begin framing your messages in a way that describe the business impact on that point, provide feedback to the manager when your manager helps you out of a difficult situation, mentors you on a difficult topic, or simply teaches you something new. Tell your boss about it. They'll appreciate you knowing and acknowledging their efforts and showing upper management the positive impact that they're having on the team. It makes everyone look good. And learn as much as you can about the company. Find out more about the company. What are the strategic goals What is the three-year plan? This demonstrates that you're interested in the big picture, and you can see how your role impacts a larger organization. And finally, 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 jump in and help. If there's an emergency, it's all hands on deck. Drop whatever you're doing at that moment and offer your help within the day-to-day. Consider your manager's weaknesses, struggles, and offer to do the work for them. For example, if your manager takes a long time to create a spreadsheet with formulas and tables, and this is one of your strengths, offer to do it once again These tips are things that I learned on the website at TandemHR.com. But I encourage you, give them a call and talk to them about that advice at 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. 
or once again, visit our, our solution center, tandemhr.com. Get down to business. This is also brought to you in part by Everett Wealth Solutions, registered investment advisor and financial planning firm. Give them a call, 708-771-7777. How can you get from here to there? We've got the answer from the ChicagoRadioDeals.com Traffic Center. I'm John Allen. Take a look at traffic. Eastbound I-80 solid past Harlem through Central due to a rollover crisis. We've already performed over a million procedures. Let us help you. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you deserve at a fraction of what others charge. For your free appointment, call 1-800-714-9699. 1-800-714-9699. Welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show that's all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Shalom Klein, and I'm back uh, to talk to you about a cause that's very near and dear to my heart, uh, Gift of Life. I actually, uh, for some of my friends, you know this, uh, but for others, you may not know that I had an interesting experience take place a few years ago. Uh, I walked into a local organization on a Sunday uh, because I saw a sign outside uh, of the building saying that they are doing a drive. Um, I thought it might be a blood drive. I realized it was time. I was eligible to give blood again. When I walked in, I realized that it wasn't a blood drive that they were uh, showing off, but it was actually a bone marrow cheek swab, um, which I knew nothing about. Uh, long story short, I ended up getting swabbed. The whole experience took just a few minutes. And I clearly, clearly remember this. A few weeks later, a few very short weeks later, I was walking around downtown with my wife and I got a call from an out-of-the-state uh, out area code. And I answered the phone and they told me that I, uh, I might be a match for somebody uh, that needs my bone marrow and would I consider going in for some additional tests. I did agree, went in for some lab work, and sure enough, got a call a few weeks later saying that, yes, indeed, I'm a match. Would I consider going forward with the procedure. Um, I actually had somebody meet me at home uh, to explain the procedure to my wife and I, um, because as uh, every uh, successful man knows, uh, there's a good partner on the other side of it, uh, a spouse that uh, shares every experience, business, whether it's entrepreneurial or uh, or personal experience with you, and got swabbed. Uh, actually, got they explained the process from the swabbing onward, and uh, my wife agreed, I agreed, and we decided to move forward. A number of situations later, um, the the donation of my bone marrow was on, then off, then on, then off, based on the recipient's health. And finally, it was scheduled to take place at Lutheran General Hospital in Park Ridge uh, for, a sh- for a few short months later. Uh, ironically enough, my doctor's name was Dr. Klein, no relation, and uh, because of the radio show and because of a number of other community hats uh, that I wear, it got a little bit of attention. Uh, it was covered by Fox Chicago and a few other publications. I donated my, bar- my bone marrow. It was an incredible experience. And about a year later, when I was just about to meet the recipient of my bone marrow, uh, and again, I'm not going to go into all of the gory details of the actual experience. It was a little bit painful and certainly uh, certainly something that I would do again and again and again uh, in the interest of saving somebody's life. Uh, the rules are that after a year of the donation, you can meet the recipient, and I found out that the recipient had died, uh, which obviously was a uh, tough uh, situation to digest. Um, but nonetheless, I was comforted by the fact that I let him live a little bit longer. Either way, long story short, uh, 
I donated through uh, the Be The Match Foundation, great organization. But since then, I got involved with another organization called the Gift of Life. Gift of Life is out of Boca Raton, Florida. I sure wish I was there today. And uh, they uh, help children and adults suffering from leukemia, lymphoma, and other blood cancers and genetic disorders find donors for bone marrow and blood stem cell treatments. So I found out recently that that the Gift of Life uh, Foundation, the Gift of Life organization, will be hosting a Walk for Life on Sunday, May 22nd, 2016 at Lincoln Park. Uh, this run or walk, depending on who you are and uh, and your physical fitness capability, it's the only one in the Chicago area solely dedicated to raising awareness for bone marrow and, blo- and blood stem cell transplants. Gift of Life uses funds raised at the Walk for Life events to add new donors to the Worldwide Bone Marrow Registry. So because registering one volunteer donor costs $60, and it's thanks to the generosity of supporters that they continue doing their life-saving work, every donation brings them literally one step closer to the vision, a match anytime, anywhere, and for anyone. So uh, I actually registered for the walk. I'm hoping to do a run for life. And it's taking place on May 22nd. It's a Sunday in Lincoln Park. And I think it would be a lot of fun if we had some uh, some listeners of Get Down to Business uh, join us at the Walk or Run for Life. It's May 22nd. Registration opens at 8 a.m. And it's uh, it goes on for a few hours. It's a 5K run or walk. Um, it will be a lot of fun. You could do whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, whether you want to participate, but certainly I'd appreciate you coming uh, to cheer me on. If you're able to make a small donation, I'd appreciate that. I've already raised a few hundred dollars, which I've hit my goal, but I'd love to form a team and raise more money, get more people swabbed, be able to make uh, it possible for more people to get swabbed and frankly, save more lives. As I mentioned, every single kit costs $30. And that means, uh, sorry, every kit costs $60, which means that uh, just to get people swabbed, it's $60. And most people that get swabbed, unlike myself, uh, maybe I'm just an overachiever, most people that get swabbed uh, don't ever get the call. But it's important. You can only save a life if you get swabbed. And my goal is I want to make sure that there are several dozen people that can get swabbed uh, because of my uh, running or walking. So it's such an easy thing that anybody can do. It's a step that anybody can take to be involved uh, to step up, and uh, I want you to check out the website giftoflife.org. Giftoflife.org. You can find the Chicago Walk or Run for Life, which I'll be participating in on May 22nd. Would appreciate your donations. Would appreciate you stepping in uh, to join my team. And uh, I can't wait to to meet some new people there. As always, get on my website shalomkline.com. I'm going to be posting a lot of information, certainly some pictures for those of you that can't join us. But uh, if you are able to join May 22nd. At uh, in at 8 a.m. is registration. Participate if you can. Donate if you can. Uh, but most importantly, get on my website, shalomkline.com, where you can download podcasts from the show. But uh, let me know how you can uh, help save somebody's life. Let me know how you can get involved and do something good for other people. Uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, the Walk Run for Life is taking place in just a short bit of time. Uh, Once again, you're listening to Get Down to Business. More tips and advice after the break. Hi there, I'm Dick Smith from the Playmaker Spotlight. Every day, he's got a solution to stop the fraud. Huh, that could save us some money. Sure would. It's an easy decision on March 15th. 
I'm voting for a conservative, Peter Roskam. He's actually getting things done. Paid for by Roskam for Congress Committee. I'm Peter Roskam, candidate for Congress, and I approve this advertisement. You can find out about all of my events at ShalomKlein.com. And now it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Despite recent budget cuts, the U.S. federal marketplace remains a lucrative opportunity for small businesses. The federal government typically spends approximately $500 billion, with a B, $500 billion in contracts every year. And the law requires that 23% of these dollars be awarded to small businesses. But doing business with the largest purchaser of goods and services in the world isn't easy. One of the biggest challenges that small businesses face is uncovering the right opportunities when that matches your capabilities and growth plans. Here's uh, eight tips and resources to help you find government contract opportunities that make sense for your small business. Before a contract opportunity comes along that excites you, be prepared, familiarize yourself with what's involved with selling to the federal government. There's some great resources online, including from SBA, the Small Business Administration. Check them out, sba.gov. Understand what the government is buying. It's time to get strategic. Every agency and department has unique goals. Identifying those can help you target a niche or opportunity for your products or services. The good news is that the go- what the government offers potential contractors is something that no other sector does an insight into their budgetary priorities. If you zero in on agencies that aren't meeting their small business goals, it is really possible to really make a big deal and to, uh, and to land a lot of business. And that's, re- that's reported on um, at websites like usaspending.gov. At that website, you could also research existing and upcoming opportunities as well. Put boots on the ground, make a point of attending agency or industry-specific government events. These are hosted by the private sector, but attract the procurement community. And once again, SBA.gov is a good resource for that uh, information. Find a partner and advocate in the Azdebu. No, that wasn't me mumbling. That's really a word. Another excellent way of getting in front of government buyers is to take advantage of the Office of Small and Disadvantaged Business Opportunities. That stands for Azdebu Outreach Events and Expos. That is a federal office that is a requirement of all agencies, and it lets you take advantage of programs like the 8A Business Development Program, a business development tool which helps thousands of aspiring entrepreneurs gain a foothold in contracting with financial assistance and teaming opportunities. Get help from SBA procurement reps. Another vital government resource are SBA's local procurement center representatives. Uh, Those are agencies that provide training, counseling, and business matching events. Look that up, PCR, Procurement Center Representatives. And finally, don't go it alone. Partner with a government mentor. Uh, another, uh, when you're embarking on new ventures, it can benefit a mentor. The government offers uh, and operates two notable mentor programs that can help you get access to contracts. First is the GSA Mentor Protege Program, open to qualified small businesses. This program helps connect small firms with more experienced ones. The program's objectives is motivating larger companies to lend their knowledge to smaller, less experienced businesses. Another option is the SBA Mentor Protege Program, open socially and economically disadvantaged businesses that qualify for SBA's 8A program. This program pairs you with a mentor who has success in federal contracting. Lots of opportunities for businesses that want to do business with the federal government. Uh, we've got lots of advice on this subject on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the show that's all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get Down to Business is powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them at tandemhr.com or give them a call, 630-928-0510. Get Down to Business is also brought to you in part by Everwealth Solutions, registered investment advisor 
and financial planning firm, a fiduciary advisor that helps you create your personal financial wealth. Visit them at EverettWealthSolutions.com or call 708-771-7777, 708-771-7777. Finally, I'll leave you with this networking tip of the week. Uh, which is about not selling. I meet a lot of people all the time, and the mistake that most people make is that they think every networking opportunity is an opportunity to sell their products or services to other people. You never want to do that. You want to build relationships, uh, build relationships right and left. And trust me, it will come full circle. They say giver's gain. That's a true term that really makes an impact. That's really uh, possible. Networking is about meeting people and building relationships. Once you build a relationship with someone that you know, Uh, You'll be able to build a relationship, and trust me, they'll find ways to work with you. Visit my website, ShalomKlein.com. Lots of events where you can build those relationships and uh, get out there and grow your small business. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next week on the show. Have a great week. For the past 100 years, R.B. Hayward Company has been a leader in the Chicagoland HVAC.